Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, Revoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Baseball stuff and the lockout endings, all the trades and free agency there. And then, of course, all the usual like NFL frenzy and then college basketball frenzy. But it's been, it's been a busy month, and uh, a lot happened over the weekend. You saw me post a couple Facebook lives, usually late at night. Did not get a chance to get one up yesterday. Just too much going on with the kids and everything else. Plus, I wasn't feeling my best yesterday. All the weather. I'm okay today, much better today. But yesterday, I wasn't feeling my best. So, but, you know, what, what, what happened, what, what, the stuff that happened yesterday, we'll obviously talk about today, plus some recaps of the things we talked about the weekend. Since our last show on Friday, it's on the Facebook Live on Friday and Saturday. We covered some ground, like the Carlos Correa sign, the Sean Watson trade, plus talk about uh, the tournament. Um, just before we get started, we are going to talk the tournament today, that's what we're going to open with. We'll talk about some of the big headlines from the first weekend of the tournament. Obviously, 
We're not going to go into as much detail that we will tomorrow night on our sports for March Madness edition. But that show, of course, is completely dedicated to college basketball. Um, so we'll do a lot more of it tomorrow night. Obviously, this will certainly be the Facebook Live. We'll go into more specifics and do a lot more of it tomorrow night. Um, and then, of course, we'll have the weekend as well. Um, this coming weekend as well. We're going to cover today, but we won't do as much because we have other things to get to, like today's big NFL trade involving Matt Ryan. We'll all have to talk about the Watson trade a little bit more. And then, of course, we'll cover other signings and baseball with that. Carlos Flurry, Carlos Correa. So, there's a lot of other things to get to, but like I said before, we will talk college basketball more of it tomorrow night on a sports break, March Madness edition, plus later on in the weekend to go through the weekend as well. So, you can look forward to that. But again, well, today we'll kind of, there'll be a limit to it. And as it tomorrow night, as it goes tomorrow, we'll get more of it. So I just want to note that then when people go, oh, why can't you talk more college basketball? Why would you talk more college basketball? There's other things to talk about. Um, so, you know, we kind of kind of limit it. So, we will open with the tournament, talk about the big headline from the first weekend of the tournament. Um, and of course, like I said, the latest of the NFL trades, the Sean Watson trade, the Matt Ryan trade, so what they mean. Um, as we go through the MLB season. Alright, so a lot to get to on this very busy Monday. So much to get to. First off, before we get going, a reminder of all the ways in which you can interact and listen to the show. Have your voice where you can do so by going to sportscast.com. Make sure you like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter so you can interact with us. If you want to go out and show out, have an additional contact with us. Oh, just search for sportscast on Facebook and Twitter. Send me all of that and more. It's good to have you all board here. Uh, again, so much to get to. We'll start, like I said, with the tournament. First weekend of the tournament, always the best, right? You know, that's like the most games, wall to wall backcourt, right up until like 12.31 a.m. Uh, this is where you usually get the most craziness, the most upsets, you know. Um, and hey, look, as a whole, I think it's lived up to its bill. When we talked on Friday, I talked about how, you know, it's, it's the last game of the five, the first four, which Rutgers Notre Dame kind of tips it into the first game, which is incredible, which is St. Peter's upset of Kentucky. Major theme from this weekend. 
I'm sorry. I don't I don't like to be the fishing industry for wins and losses. I don't necessarily think there was any one team that lost in particular because of a bad call. So that's that's what we're thankful for that. But I don't think the officiating caused wins or losses anywhere. I really don't. Okay, I really don't. I don't know that right now. And because if it did, then that would be unfortunate. But thankfully, I don't think it did. But what I did do think it did was take away from some of the game, the games. It took away from some of the great comebacks, some of the great, you know, um, moments. There was so much discussion of that. The Duke, the Bay of North Carolina was probably the worst. Okay, but I saw it in the Michigan State game yesterday. I saw it in the Gonzaga Memphis. Really, a lot of, a lot, and it's unfortunate because I think in a lot of ways it, it left people thinking that some teams always won their games because of the clock, and that's not the case. Watch the games all the way through. I watched the majority of the games, especially once we got the starting seven and left games. I don't think the clock in any which way determines who won and lost any of these games. But it does take away from the games themselves, the performances, the comebacks by teams, the dominance of teams. I just think that, look, and, and I've heard this throughout the year, and I've said this before, the officiating in all sports right now is at an all-time worst. It really is. And I think the reason is because we keep giving referees, officials, umpires more and more to watch for, more and more to look at. And I also think, too, they are, they're fearful. Because they know they're under a microscope. We have more replay than we've ever had before. There's more ways to, for people at home and more people, more ways people in the arena to see when there's been a bad call. They're, they feel like they're under a microscope more than ever before. And I think there's more pressure on them than ever before to get it right. And I think that maybe what's going on here is that they're, they're too quick to make some judgments or Or if it was really, his, uh, really the momentum of the other player that was coming back from causing a start. 
mean, there's so many things that it's just judgment calls. But that's your job. I think what we need to really look at, and, and, and this is and, and I'm referring to home, okay? What we have to prioritize what we want these officials to do. What's the most important calls we want them to make? Alright, is it really how often does something like a, like a, like a joke that requires that, that, that is, is considered unsportsmanlike happen? Do we need a rule for this or do we just say or do we just say, you know what? If if a if make a make a rule where it says if, if, if a referee looks at something like this and abuses it and strung up the opponent, we call it taunting and call it that. Otherwise, we're not gonna call it that. Like that. Why not? If you look at the, if you look at I mean, the kid jumped and then came right down. He didn't look like he was trying to be a cocky SOB. He, he literally just got back and ran down the court. That's how many of that showed up as opponents. Now, if you dumped the ball and you start drawing it to other teams, other teams dice, that means you were showing them up. Then you can maybe call it taunt. Like in the, in the NFL. You know what I mean? Maybe there needs to be a little bit more leeway there. Maybe that would help. And the same thing with some of these flopping calls, man. Maybe we look at this and go, all right, it's still a judgment call. But, you know, what? maybe, maybe, you know, we, we, we make it a little more loose to work with there, a little more space in there. Okay? Because I think that maybe we can be getting too stringent. By being too stringent, you're putting more pressure on the official and they're missing some of the more basic calls and they're too worried about all the other things they have to look for in a game. Maybe that would help. Especially in college basketball. The other thing I would say too, one of the things I saw almost across the board, because this year in college basketball, we, we always said there's a lot more, there's a lot better teams across the board. You have more guys that stayed in school because of NIL and the transfer portal. We have more teams that could potentially win a championship. Better play games, more experience, and you saw that this weekend. One thing I would also say too, and I don't know if I, 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 I could say this before this weekend, but see, I saw it on display across the board. We have a lot of good defensive teams in college basketball. Because there was some really, really good defense on display across the board this weekend. St. Peter's looked in what they did. So you look at Houston. You look at even the Notre Dame game. Notre Dame. Uh, I thought some things TCU did were really good. Just because the game's not scored, doesn't mean that there wasn't good defense on display. Sometimes good better offense be good defense. I even saw, I like what Michigan State did at times to Duke yesterday. And what Duke did in return, some of the plays that Duke made. Tennessee, you know, they're not all the way around. They did some big things this weekend. Some of the steals in their game. I mean, there, there, there was some really good defense. But I would also say another thing, too. Even though I think the quality of playing college basketball over the last few years has gotten really, really much better than it was a few years back when it felt like the quality of play was terrible. Okay? It's gotten a lot better. Having said that, what I saw this weekend, even though there's a lot more good teams, better quality of play there, there's still a lot of teams that are still lacking enough NCAA tournament experience. You know, that's the one thing about what Kentucky last week. Yeah, we talked about the experience Kentucky has, the depth that Kentucky has, but they didn't have NCAA tournament experience. And I think that came back to bless us. And I think we saw that this weekend. Sure, you saw a lot of good teams, but they didn't have a lot of good NCAA tournament experience. And sometimes experience matters. Sometimes you have to get into the tournament, play a game or two, and that helps you. Right? You know, and then when you lose, 
and we'll get better next time. There were a lot of teams this weekend, and it showed. You know, you see guys that maybe have been to the NCAA tournament with that team play well, and guys that hadn't played really, really poorly. There was a lot of, of, of guys that just folded. As a result, the entire team had been in the tournament. We saw the entire team fold. I saw a lot of score growth. I saw a lot of skittishness. I saw a lot of sensitiveness. You know, I watched, I watched the Jiu-Jitsu State games. It was tremendous. One of the best games of the weekend. Paul Panchero, who all year had been like this, was very tentative. At this point in the season, he should be tentative. He should be an aggressive, go, go, go to the rim player. And there were times he got caught in the crystal screen. And I can't figure that out. When you're one of the best players in college basketball, why are you caught in between? You take a shot, go to the rim, go constantly, look like he was caught in between. Constantly. During the headlights, when they started having facing a team that pushed them back a little bit. And that's just a few examples. A few examples. You know, you look at, um, uh, here in Miami, I said, I went to the USC, which I think a lot of that was experienced. And Miami's had a little more of an experienced team. Who I wouldn't have been beat yesterday. Um, let me break the tournament. And yesterday, you know, I granted they ended up winning by 18. It was never a close game. But I think one of the reasons why they came into a game against a team that I think was better. I think Auburn's talent is better than Miami. But I think Auburn looked like a deer in the headlights a little bit because they had faced a team. Yeah, they had faced a team in the SEC that they were used to. But now being in the NCAA tournament, facing a team that maybe is a little older, a little more experienced. It was a little more daunting for them. A little more daunting for them. And I think it showed yesterday. They looked a little bit like intimidated. And Miami punched them pretty early on, and my offense just couldn't get up from that. So I saw a lot of those kind of things this weekend. Um, a lot of that. Now, one of the things that always happens once you get to the first weekend and it's not going to be the second weekend well is let me see who's in the final four. Well, so this conference wasn't as good as people thought, or this conference was better than people thought. And I'm going to say this to you right now, and I, I, I say this every year. Folks, you cannot make those kind of determinations because it's a tournament of matchups. A, a team could be really, really good and just run into a matchup that's not in their favor, and they get knocked out, or they just have a really bad day and they get knocked out. The one thing I will say 
Let's look at the ACC. A lot can be made. A lot was made in the ACC this year not being a good conference. I need to look at this and go, well, wait a minute. They lost Notre Dame yesterday. They got to the second round. Right? They lost Virginia Tech in the third round. But they still got Duke, Carolina, Carolina, the most impressive team of the weekend. By far. Then they got Duke still up there, right? They got Duke, Carolina, they got um, Miami still up right? So three of the top teams are still in this. Miami still. Maybe that means that means that the ACC was better than you thought. I don't think you said that yet. Courtney might be able to say that after this weekend. You know, or at the years ago too. Same same kind of situation. Okay? But a lot of people can start to be down the Big Ten right now because the Big Ten lost a lot of teams. 
And right now we have two teams left, Purdue and Michigan. And which is ironic because those are the two most other Michigan State two most highly ranked Big Ten teams going into the year anyway. Now everybody thought Michigan was in the top five team. And now they're playing like that. So so what we made it up the Big Ten. Alright? But let's say this. Let's say Purdue and Michigan both get to the top four. Do we do we still go on the back? Do we still feel the same way a lot of people do now like as if the Big Ten was overrated? We got two out of the five four teams? So let's think about this for a second. Tomorrow, you know, it's not like baseball or the NBA right? when you got best of seven series, you can get over a bad day. That's the thing. You can be the better team. If you had a bad day that day, you're going home. Well, if you draw a couple matchups, you're going home. It's unfortunate, but that's the truth. That's part of the part of the, 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 the that's part of the laws of engagement here. 
So that's something that just keep, keep in mind. Now, again, when we look at the weekend, who was the most Wisconsin? I think North Carolina. The two wins, they scored in the 90s, they dominated, they really were dominating Baylor until Baylor made their comeback. And that's because Baylor had a lot of hearts. Yeah, taking threes here and there is good, but he's a, he's a go-to-the-rack kind of guy. Duke starts dominating the paint. If they get minutes, it's yes, and it's 
Wendell Moore looks to score a little bit more. Brad Sherrill looks to score a little bit more. I think this team is going to be. They look like they got a little bit of confidence back this weekend. That's a good thing. They're going to need it against Texas Tech. I don't think Texas Tech played their best this weekend, but, but, but they got through. And that's scary. Because if they play their best, they're a tough team to beat. I think this is a tough This is a good matchup for Duke, I think. To me, Texas Tech is always. It, it, it's just physical. They're rough. But Michigan State is too. They got over that. If Duke has a week to game, and you know Duke has a week to game plan, they're at their best. I think this, this, this is the hurdle for Duke. I think if Duke gets out of Texas, if they just get out, I think they're going to the Final Four. I think Duke will beat this out. I really do. I think Duke will get to the Final Four. So, this is the game I think for Duke. If they get through this game, I think they're going to be able to go. I really do. Um, I didn't like what I saw from Gonzaga. I thought Memphis should have beat him. Uh, you know, I, I know the big thing about Timmy, the second, in the, the halftime, he was motivational and got in the guy's faces and kudos to him. But I think the one thing that Gonzaga had on their side against Memphis was, you know, obviously foul trouble could have been an issue, but, you know, you got two guys in home, in home win and Timmy that's a hard to guard. And, and, and Memphis, God bless them, they tried. They just, they just didn't have enough to guard. That's not the case. But they're going to run into a team in Arkansas that's a very good defensive team. Yeah, that, no, Mary is a good defensive team. They beat him. I, I, I'm not saying Arkansas won't beat him. I don't think they will. I don't think Arkansas has no offense to beat him. They don't find any way to score. They're going to blow up on the defensive team. But if Arkansas can find a way to score and play the kind of defense they played this weekend, they do have a chance. They do. But, um, you know, um, I talked about teams that impressed me this weekend. They like play offense. They like play Arkansas play offense. They got a big staff. Uh, I did not think, as far as teams that are left, and obviously you're eliminated. Um, Arizona, I thought, played fine. I thought TC just played really good. I, and Arizona, you know, sometimes you just beat a team. I thought Arizona just beat them. You know, TC played about as good a game as they could have last time. That was fantastic game, too. Um, and, and, you know, and, and kudos to them. They just found a way to get it done. They just found a way to get it done. That, that, was, good, that was a good game for Arizona, a young team that hasn't been here to get experience. But kudos to them. That, that game go a long way towards getting them through the next week. They really can. They really can. Um, especially, yeah. and, and so I, I give Arizona a lot of credit for getting through that game yesterday. A lot of credit. Um, so that, that, was probably, that was pretty impressive. Um, so, uh, and again, So much better than they did. You know, I don't, I don't think they just threw the ball the right, well, the, the right way. Um, you know, I, I, I thought the shot collection was terrible. Um, I really did. I really did. So, Tommy Davis, I thought, was not as aggressive as he should have been. A lot of things that game that was just hot. I, I just, you know, I mean, obviously kind of dick wrap the game and win. Um, same with Illinois. He's going to see some defense for I think Illinois just didn't do a whole lot enough. They did. Their guards didn't step up. I, I, I was very disappointed in Illinois. Um, but when you look, this, this is cool. Some days I, you know, I did Facebook Live for Friday, so I didn't do any reactions yesterday. Uh, like I said, I, I just I thought Illinois kind of beat themselves a little bit. Just didn't, 
Sunday or Thursday. Thursday was the day where I felt like we had kind of like the upset feel to it. Saturday and Sunday less so, but still a good game. I do. I think it was a good weekend. 
Um, you know, and again, it's just it's us driving a little bit through 16 and only day. Um, a nice mixture of uh, blue bloods. You got, you know, Michigan. You got Duke. You got Arizona. You got uh, North Carolina. You got Kansas. You got UCLA. And then you got, you know, a group of, of, of really, really solid Power 5 teams like Villanova, Texas Tech, uh, Purdue. Because you don't want to see too many mismatches. I only see really one. So I think on paper this looks like it's going to be a very good weekend of basketball coming up this weekend, starting on Thursday. And let's hope that it is. And let's hope we get a good final four out of it. Um, but I all know I think a very solid, it wasn't the best, but a solid first weekend of NCAA tournament action. And we still have a lot of good storylines with me and Sarah Lowe for. Day to day, go over the tournament more as a whole. On uh, tomorrow night, Sportsnet Mars Manager, that's our last episode of the Sportsnet Mars Manager for this year. So we'll get into more detail on what happened the first weekend of the tournament and, and look ahead to this weekend.
All right, we're back. Well, they made, all of a sudden, they made a 
Kind of like a transitional. Well, no, 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 no
before they go inside to go and bring in Baker Mayfield. So I think that's probably where they're trying to pick up. So if assuming they do that, because I haven't been to say something that we mentioned Jimmy Garoppolo, where, 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 does guy, where, does Baker, where does Jimmy Garoppolo go? Where do they go? Obviously, now, right now, And then we got, and then we saw we were going to frenzy almost immediately. We did it. We have to pick up a 
day for teams to kind of get going, which I think we easily attributed to the fact that while there were no trades pre-lockout, and a lot of teams were going the trade route because they want to see, they didn't want to go just spend the money because they said, hey, maybe in their mind they had better, there's better pieces available via trade, and they could get their things done via trade, either that would be them some enough money to go get some of the things they absolutely had to get, or it was like, all right, well, I didn't get what I wanted in trade, now I got to go spend money. things a certain way, just did not work out well for us, you know, so it just became an issue where we had to go with what we felt comfortable with, we didn't feel like we were rushing it, and 
lot of teams because it played out much the way that the lockout ended. Yeah, and the lockout did end until in the middle of March and then the season started April. I think what happened was there was a lot of general managers and a lot of teams, maybe a lot of players, they were like, you know what, I don't want to rush from any decisions, I don't want to do anything that I'm going to regret. I, a lot of teams felt like that too, like, look, right now my back is like against my mind. Try to make the best deals I can, do the right things, you know, but I'm not going to, I don't want to feel like I'm rushed. I don't want to feel like I'm rushed. I don't want to make mistakes. And I think maybe that's what we're seeing is a lot of teams are being very cautious, trying not to do the wrong things, trying to do some decisions they can do in some things. You know, the better off playing cautiously and maybe making a short term move and doing something that's more like a band aid, something that's just a casual move within a season. And maybe not the Yankees did a lot of things. Maybe they want to make the big splash, maybe they want to make a splash that they thought, you know, was, was the wrong splash. And look, they did trade for Josh Donaldson, he's a, he's a slow third baseman. Third base. You know, if you find him, that would have been considered a big move. But for some they didn't feel like they needed. Now, the dilemma here, again, more of the weirdness. Because like I said, some teams maybe more cautious didn't do anything. When they did something, it was more of a cautious move, a cautionary move. Some teams did things that are just flat, just, just weird. The Red Sox signed Trevor Story yesterday. Why? That's why I don't move in the second base, so that's Andrew Bogart's going to start to show us up. Now, I get it. Andrew Bogart is an opt-out next year, will free agent. They lose him, they can move Trevor Story over to shortstop. But why would you sign Trevor Story? The Red Sox need pitching. They have not had issues with offense. They need pitching. They don't have much of a bullpen. They don't have much of a starting rotation. Chris Sale could be out for God's home. That's the reason why they didn't win, win last year. That's the reason why. So what do you do? You go out there right by the way, and I know what people are going to say, while George Tulowitzki was going away from Chorus, he has left away from Chorus for one year. While DJ Lumetti was going away from Chorus, yeah, DJ Rex is a good, good, pure hitter. He's not a power hitter. Okay? Well, no one ever thought was going away from Chorus. No one ever thought was a good hitter. Her story is, is not, has, has not has, has had a lot of off-average years the last two or three years. He's already shown signs that Klein has elbow problems, and his numbers away from Chorus are terrible. And he's a righty batter, which I don't usually don't do very well in Fenway. And that's what those rusty batters do. So I question this move for Boston. It's it's weak of a move while they want us to sign somebody, so let's sign somebody. Because they lost Kyle Schwarber, because they, they didn't do much of anything else. So they're like, we gotta do something for us to go get cover store. There's a reason why so many teams were, were not going in on cover store. It's because they were concerned about injuries, they were concerned about decline, and a lot of these teams already had enough righty power. Now again, I stand, I stand corrected if I'm wrong. I think that's going to be a disastrous move for the Red Sox. A disastrous move. But even if he slides in, if he lose Bulldogs, he's not done with years for the Bulldogs. And his feelings already gone down. So if he hasn't had a move to shortstop, I don't like what he's going to do. I don't, I don't think I don't like what he's going to bring to the table defensively. So I think that hurts them more than helps them. I think that's going to be a disaster for
that really could run with Colorado, like Colorado, maybe you'll see a free throw first when he first leaves, but then after that, it could be a disastrous contract, and it could be a shell of himself. That's what he, he has all the makeup of being characteristic car player. That's what he has. I like Carver, good guy, but I mean, that's what this is going to be. So I really question that move. And the Twins, too. I talk about all the time I say to the line on Saturday. What are the Twins doing? Now you're going to say, well, wait a minute, what's the risk inside Carver's going Carver's career, especially when the Twins have already made too much of their team. The Twins have been very aggressive since July. You're right. You're right. But if you look at this team as a whole before they signed Carver, they're right. They're nowhere near a World Series. They're nowhere near ALCS. None of what they did to me makes them a huge contender. I don't make a deal. Bradley Curry has opt-outs after every year. It's not going to break the bank for them. Alright? When you make that Josh Donaldson trade to clear money to be able to do more things with it and not to spend it on one guy, that's exactly what you did. Minnesota is used to spending the wealth, spending the money around to fill multiple positions, which helps you get closer to your goal of being a solid contending team. Instead, you spent all that money that you saved by Kenny Donaldson on one player. They weren't going to go, they, they looked at this and said, if we're going to sign a shortstop, we see it because they knew they could receive the third base and Goldie or Peraza would fit in that shortstop. They knew that. That's why they could, that's why they're interested in seeing it. Because we would have kept their 
Why wouldn't you? Why wouldn't you?
Alright, we're back. Let's see what's happening. Do you think there's a possibility of career opening after the new award of year to the Eagles back to the Astros? I mean, if they didn't offer the money now when he's younger, why, why would they offer the money after he ate you know, a year old or two years old? It's pretty certain they're not going to offer the money. They're offering the money now. I mean, I guess you could say they'll sign some LA teams from KH or whatever. Like, you know, maybe they'll, other guys will leave and they'll be named on the ballot. But they, but would they want to, I mean, would they want to see young or rebuild? They want to have a just in one side. I mean, I really don't, if it, if it didn't work out now, it ain't going to work out in the future. So, no, I don't think that will happen. I really don't. I think he's done. I think he's done with the Astros. Unless later, later in his career, like when he's 37, 38 years old, and a one-year deal, he goes back there or something. But that's, again, I don't see over there getting a multi-year deal. So, I, I don't see that happening anytime soon. Especially after a year or two. So, no, I don't see that happening. Um, two, uh, two questions here from Jordan. Um, it's a, a big part of why Trevor started up with the Red Sox was apparently the recruitment said the recruitment of a number of players on the team, including Daniel Bogart. Uh, you gotta think that meant a lot. Um, I think Trevor's story still wanted. Is that unusual? Do baseball, we hear about this all the time in the NBA, obviously, and sometimes in the NFL, too, but we don't hear about it a lot of times in baseball. Do you think it's unusual that uh, uh, players did that to recruit a free agent, or does it happen fairly commonplace in baseball? Um, I'll get to your second question. Uh, I, I, I think it happens. I've heard it happen before. I mean, it's not, I mean, it's not unusual. I mean, you don't hear about something in baseball because these guys are Second question. Um, 
project is profitable. And honestly, you know, I think what Korean realized is maybe, you know, he, he needs to have like a, I mean, he had a good, he, he's always had a good trade engineer. So I think he needs to have like a, like a current Beltran like trade engineer. Like a full
out of football for almost two years. Uh, on the Sean Watson thing, sir, I get, uh, look, I, I think the concern you're going to have is that, yes, there will be some loss, but he's so young. Um, he's so young. I think he kept himself in relatively good shape. Um, now, look, here's the thing I remember. Like I said, there will be a suspension. So, I mean, look at it. He's probably going to miss about six to eight games. That was the start of the whole season. But then it's just not eight games. So, a lot of things that's happening is, I mean, because practice is one thing, you know, it's not the same as being in the actual game. So, okay, let's say, let's say, let's say it's more quickly than it's eight weeks. That's half the season, pretty much. Right? Because you have to survive and everything. So, you know, let's say it comes back around, like, let's say it comes in about week 10. Okay? That means you only have about eight weeks in the season. Seven weeks in the season, eight weeks in the season. So, you know, it, it takes you, most quarterbacks, it takes about four or five games just to get yourself going. That's when you don't miss two years. So I think that's why I said you gotta look at this year if you're the Browns and say this is kind of like a, you kind of write this year off. If you if you can find somebody make it a good a decent enough year to make the playoffs, you'll be happy. But you might not even be able to do that. But you don't take this as a sign of what's to come because if, if you miss your quarterback for most of the year and you, and you know your quarterback missed a couple of years and you hit some time to get reps and get going again, you have to take that into consideration. Right off year for Watson and the Browns. Because you're going to miss a lot of it, and then when he does come back, he's going to have to get back into the swing of things anymore. So you have to keep that in mind. You have to keep that in mind. Uh, but yeah, he's going to have Russ. He's going to need some time to get his feet wet. You know, so, but on the flip side, his body time was going to be really good because he was going to have a lot of time to heal. So that's something to take into think about, too. Now, as far as Matt Ryan, what can you expect from him? I mean, is he what he was? You know, he spent what, 14 years in the league? I think he'll be about on that level. He'll, he'll, he can win you games, but he won't I don't think he'll lose you games, is what I'm saying. I think that helps a lot. I think he's a steady presence. He's composed. I think he'll be confident. You know what you're going to get week to week from him. If he can stay healthy consistently, what he's going to bring to the table. I think he'll, I think he'll win the Colts at least 10 games. I think the Colts win at least 10 games. Though. At least. I can see you a little bit more. I can see him winning 11 or 12. But they have other things that have Jonathan Taylor running back. Their defense have always been sneaky good. They are sneaky good. I think their line's gotten better. I think, you know, if they can go get maybe a little bit more weapons for Ryan, they can get even better than what they are now. But yeah, I, I, I think the Colts are going to be fine with him. I don't, he's not going to, he's not going to, he's not going to be spectacular. You know, you're not going to, you're, you're not, your jaw's not going to drop while you're watching him. You're not going to be mesmerized by him. But he's, he's going to be a steady, calm presence that's going to be able to get the job done. That's what he's going to be. I will take one more. Um, I know you said to wait until we see the entire picture, but having said that, entire picture, wait until the tournament's over to do that. But I think it's safe to say the SEC has been a really big disappointment. I know you said you have to put labels on it, but you wouldn't. 
Auburn losing to Miami. Well, they're on top of the Goes down to a team that had an awful first half in their first playoff tournament game and was considered awful for most of them. Barely got into the tournament. We have to look at this and go, SEC was probably vastly overrated, don't you think? No. 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 Now, I, I, I mean, I mean, I, you know, I mean, I guess you, I, 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 yeah, I, I preached earlier about not, not doing this yet, not making these conclusions. But I guess, considering most of the SEC is out, right? Arkansas Army is still out, really, right? Um, I guess you can eliminate the SEC. I mean, look, Kentucky is a St. Peter. There's no way to paint it is a disappointment. Kentucky St. Peter, but it is a disappointment. Auburn, Miami is a disappointment. The way they lost, they got, they got, they got wrecked. That, to me, I guess makes it disappointing. They lost at one point, then you kind of look at it differently. In Tennessee, you're right. Tennessee got kind of knocked around a little bit by, by Michigan. They did. So I guess you're right. I was sure I think, you know, you know when, you, when, you get, when you play a head coach right before, you know, the, the tournament, what do you expect? I figured that was going to come. I figured it would lose. So, I, mean, I guess, I mean, I guess you're right. I guess you're right. I guess you can say that maybe, I, I don't know if I say they're vastly overrated the SEC. Okay, but well, they were overrated, yeah. Yeah, they were. I mean, look, here's the thing. There are people who think the Big 12 is overrated. The Big 12 tournament, I never understood that. Like, wait a minute, what's what you see on the top of the conference? Why? Because some, some of these Big 12 double teams fell off in the year? It doesn't, that doesn't tell you the strength of the conference. The strength of the conference, we'll, we'll look at the year as a whole. Well, the tournament zone doesn't tell us the strength of the but I guess what you said, if Arkansas is the only team that's standing right now, the SEC, and they are, you know, and I don't know if Arkansas is going to run the table here and then still going to check, but I guess it's possible that's not possible. Then I guess, yeah, the SEC is pretty much over for college basketball. I guess you can say it's disappointing, maybe they were going over it. I don't know if I say they're vastly over it, though. I don't know if I say they're vastly over it. I think they're going back to college. Well, yeah. Right now, I'm starting to think maybe one is better good as the Big
All right, we're back. Um, so let's uh, wind down here. Um, on Wednesday, we're going to get mixed. Uh, we'll have some updates for you all about coming up over the next few weeks. Our new show debuting in April. Um, I have a title for you all for now. Facebook and Twitter, search for Facebook and Twitter, scroll through our Facebook posts, scroll through our tweets, find the date of the episode you're looking for, there'll be a link there, there'll be a label, tell you what the name of the show is, because we have five different shows, sports and sports and Saturday, sports and Mark Madison, etc. Um, there'll be labeled for you, click on the link, click on it, and
And now take you to our show page, where if you scroll down to the bottom of the page, you'll find episode archive. It's in order for the most recent days you know that this includes all episodes of all those episodes. So sports Sportsprint, Sportsprint Side Ring, Sportsprint Mark Masses, and Sportsprint NFL Kickoff, and so forth. All that for you. The label with the show titles, show dates. You click on click on here so you want and it'll play for you. And obviously, you can always access the show live through that main show page as well. There's a lot of links at the top of the page. So, again, you can use our Sportsprint Facebook and Twitter or our Sportsprint show page on Spreaker.com to keep up with episodes. So, if you miss an episode, check it out and, and, and catch up. You can do that. Or if you miss an episode, I just want to check out an episode again. You can all that through those means. And hopefully, it's a whole show. And I feel that that and that. Later on, but for right now, that's what we got for our, our sportsprint.com show page, and of course, our Facebook and Twitter. So, you utilize those resources if you need to. Um, and that's a lot. I got a breath doing that. So, hopefully, Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? 
In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.